Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Grand Iron Blitz, episode 331. In the house today, we're going to be talking NFL news with players opting out for the 2020 season due to COVID. In the house today, we have two legendary superstars in our sport, and that would be the talented Michelle Marshall of the IWFA, multi-time champion there, as well as LFL Sensation with the Austin Acoustic. We're also going to be talking UK Dukes uh, with Phoebe Sketcher of the Great Britain national team and as well as uh, everything that's happening in the sport in Great Britain. And we're going to be diving into women's news and notes as we have international action in Finland, both Division One and the Maple League. So we're going to be talking that in about uh, an hour or so, right uh, at when Mackenzie Brooks and Nate Ward get here in about an hour. And we're going to be diving into everything in the game at this point. So um, we're having a challenge accepted on instagram if you're not part of it or don't know about it a lot of the players uh in women's football are doing the uh, challenge accepted hashtag challenge accepted and you can also use the hashtag uh, women supporting women and women empowerment so it's pretty massive and it's pretty exciting a lot of players are posting general stuff on there uh tagging their friends and uh also uh black and white photos uh, just getting creative on there. So if you haven't done it, uh, check it out on Instagram, hashtag challenge accepted. So really, really awesome. And J- Jasmine Kalep, uh of the former of Chicago Bliss is going to be on Ultimate Tag on Fox. We also had Kelsey Cristiano, who did an amazing job there uh, on Ultimate Tag. And now we're going to have Jasmine Kalep on the final uh, episode of Ultimate Tag on Fox. Um, so wish you uh, wish her well and making sure she's, you know, going to win. I'm hoping she wins. We haven't seen the actual final episode out of it. So hopefully, you know, we're rooting her on, make sure she's, uh, she gets to that level in the final. So the, fi- the finale of Ultimate Tag, and it will include uh, Jasmine Kalep. Um, there was also the contest that are going on. So if you didn't know about it, uh, there's uh, the Miss Fitness and Health contest that's going on. And that is including uh, Liz Kamak, former uh, LFL Denver Dream uh, athlete. And it also includes Louise Cook of the DC Divas, who is currently, I believe, in first place in the contest in one of the groups. So if you want to check it out at the hub at facebook.com forward slash get the details there plus the links, individual links to them. You can do votes, a daily vote um, for Louise or Liz. And you can actually do warrior votes for money. So if you want to support her in, in a different way with some money, it also goes to the Warrior, uh, the Wounded Warriors Foundation for Homes. So uh, check it out. Both girls need our support. 
I know we got a massive following, so there should be no reason we can't put them over the top, one or the other. Um, we should be able to get that done. And then also uh, uh, the other contest was the Maxim Cover Girl contest. Unfortunately, our, our girl Carla Kozak is not going to be one of the finalists, but she did put a good fight up towards the end there, and I think she's currently sitting at seventh or eighth spot in that one group to decide the final verdict. So go to the hub at facebook.com forward slash Iron Beauties. Check that out. Uh, we're also having two-day sales. Uh, two-day sale ends tomorrow, 20% off. So if you follow us on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, you should know what the sale is all about. So 20% off on everything at the shop. Uh, Zazzle's been our sponsor on this podcast for eight years. They're very supportive. And uh, without them, we would not be on the air. So check out the great deal. 20% off at the No Joke Football Shop. Go to the Shop Now tab on the Facebook Great Iron Beauties page or the Facebook No Joke Football brand page or go to IG at No Joke Football. Or you can go on Twitter also at uh, No Joke Football. So check it out and uh, get some stuff from us. If you don't like the stuff we got, not a big deal. Go to the shop, get the link, follow all the other uh, exciting stuff that Zazzle has at Zazzle.com. All right. Uh, just a, an exciting um, weekend in terms of the international scene because we have Finland in action, and the Maple League is one of the top leagues in international. I mean, if you want to put it up there with the WNFC or the WFA in that in that light, and we have a lot of talented athletes in that in those leagues. And this weekend, this past weekend was kickoff in Finland, and uh, later in the hour we're going to go into detail in terms of you know, what happened between the two matchups. But, you know, currently right now it is a, a, an exciting opening weekend for the Maple League. It was Helsinki Wolverines, three-time champions to Helsinki Wolverines gold. They were up against uh, the West Coast Phoenix, and uh, they collect the shutout. 16-0 at halftime, and then 37-0 is the final score. Helsinki really in, in, in good uh, mode here, starting off the season really well, uh, moved the ball really well. Defensively, uh, West Coast really lacked a lot of uh, things to stop them. But overall, uh, the Wolverines do win 37-0. to zero. It was a very tight matchup all the way around. The other matchup was week in week one was obviously Tampier Saints taking on the Turku Trojans. Turku Trojans uh, with Leah Kaza uh, used to be in the uh, – from the WFA, uh, she used to play in the WFA uh, with the Indy Crash. Um, so she's out there in Turku. It was 41 to six. Uh, it was a little closer matchup uh, towards the uh, first quarter, first two quarters, and then it kind of got away from the Tampere Saints. So uh, it was uh, one of those uh, games where they started really good competitively, and then they kind of lost out. On um, Turku runs runs third quarter 14 points, fourth quarter 14 points. So they get the 41-6 to six, um, victory in week one in the Maple League. And if we go to the, uh, the other league, which is basically um, Division One in the same league, which is in Finland, uh, the champion McKelly Bouncers were taking on the Crocodiles um, and the Santa Yoki Crocodiles, 36-12, to 12, uh, 8-6 to six at halftime, really tight game there. And then they kind of just take over at that point in the second half. So bouncers are really looking for another championship as well. Really tough, kind of like the Wolverines and uh, Helsinki on the Maple League side. Uh, Northern, um, the Olu Northern Lights were taking on the uh, 
Kotka Eagles, uh, 22 to 14. The Eagles really uh, stepped up the game. They edged the uh, Northern Lights. It was a very close 14 to six at halftime. So Eagles get the win here against the Northern Lights and uh, stay at one to zero opening weekend there. The, the other team was Ham- Hamelina Tigers taking on Wolverine uh, Helsinki Wolverine Blue, which is the second squad in terms of the Helsinki Wolverines um, organization. One organization plays on the Maple League, the top league. The other uh, squad plays on the Division One level. 51-0 shutout, 38-0 uh, at halftime. So that gets to tell you that the second squad for Helsinki really, really needs to uh, you know, start to wake up there. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're outmatched throughout the game from, when it, from what the scoring um, came across. So we will see how they do. But 38-0, to zero, the uh, Hamelina Tig- uh, Tigers uh, get the win. So that's the action that's happening over in, in Finland. We will go into detail with uh, Mackenzie Brooks and Nate Ward uh, after uh, we get Phoebe Sketcher uh, out of uh, interview. And then we will have the, the last half hour of the show. We're going to be talking NFL news with the NFL uh, players opting out. We're going to be talking women's grand news and notes which is including the Finland League, the IWFA weekend that's coming up here as well, the San Antonio, Texas legacy, taking on Coastal Bend Legion. Legion coming off that uh, big loss against uh, Michelle Marshall's uh, squad, uh, the Austin Ravens, 84, 84 to, to, I believe, to 8. And so Coastal Bend uh, gets a week off here to recover, and they're taking on a similar squad in the San Antonio, Texas legacy. So we'll see what the outcome is. But this is a week seven matchup that apparently was postponed from a previous week because of what's going on with the weather down in Texas and as well as what's going on with, you know, COVID in general. So uh, Coastal Bend really looking for a rebound win against one of the top teams in the IWFA. Um, Austin Ravens this past weekend, week six, the IWFA results here, uh, 47 to six. They, they just take down Harlingen Hive. Um, unfortunately, it was supposed to be played in Harlingen, but it just didn't. It didn't really um, happen because of some weather with the hurricane that was happening. I think it's Hurricane Hannah. So now it had to re- be rescheduled to Austin. So I don't know if that affected the team as well in terms of, you know, rubbing the bus ride and stuff like that. So, but the Ravens get the win, and we're looking forward to the matchup uh, in terms of this weekend. Then we're going to go into the next weekend, which is August fifteenth will be the deciding semifinals. My understanding, it's going to be in Austin as well. The uh, IWFA finals, it's going to be August 22nd, also in Austin. So the current standings in the IWFA, Ravens at 4-0 with the forfeit win along the way. Legacy 3-0 with two forfeit wins. And then the Legion at 2-2. Warriors, River City Warriors 0-3. Harlingen Hive 0-3. So uh, two lowest seeds will play the eighth on the August 8th, and then that would encompass the fourth slot so that you could put the top four teams into the playoff round. So it's going to be interesting to see how that evolves in Texas and how that's going to change out thing, the whole dynamics in terms of the Icon Women's Football Association season. All right. If you haven't gone to the Hub, I encourage you to go to the Hub. It's the best network on the planet. We have the best uh, contributors, collaborators, networkers, uh, you, whatever you want to call them, uh, passionate American football, uh, enthusiastic fans. And we also have a lot of people that come in 
and send us links, videos, and everything else. So check out at the hub at facebook.com forward slash career on beauties. If you go there now, you're going to get to see a lot of the stuff that we're uh, working on this weekend. Obviously, the ultimate tag uh, for Jasmine Collette should, should be a good one tomorrow. You also get to see some of the Utah Girls Football League stuff that's out there um, with the elementary, the, the uh, varsity, and junior varsity. They had a great season, even within the COVID state. So congratulations to them, and we had to, we had to share some of those photos as well. Um, and then you get the article there. I don't know why we're even mentioning an article about training camp predictions because at that point we're like so up in the air. But, okay, ESPN puts out a bold NFL training camp prediction for all 32 teams. So you can check it out there and see what you think about it. The one thing we're going to discuss in about an hour or so, it is going to be the list of NFL players who are deciding to opt out of the 2020 season during COVID-19. Interesting to, to note, uh, the collective bargaining agreement was amended for that reason. So it gives some players the opportunity, the option um, to opt out in terms of not playing for a season. I know New England's one of the affected teams that is going to have an issue with it. So I don't know if this at this point we just do the same thing the WFA and the WNFC have done. It's just to literally just scrap the season. But the NFL's got so much money that I think if you put it in perspective, even if they just didn't play such a great season, uh, maybe fans will still just dive in for the fact that it's football at this point. Um, giving college football isn't going to be something that's going to be played at this point. Uh, if things change, I'm assuming they might even bring, they might even change it to spring. So that's a, a thought process there. They move it to spring. Uh, I was talking to everybody off air in terms of how it affects us in terms of the women's football season, because we are a spring uh, type of league, how that's going to create, you know, kind of like we had a buzz going for the spring mode and that's our little gap of season. And if all these pro sports decide to, especially the NFL or college football decide to move to a, you know, February, March, April type of mentality, or even March, April, and May, it's going to take away a lot of the positivity that we had going on, the momentum that we had going on. Um, so we'll see what it, you know, we'll see what it's going to, how it's going to affect us in terms of the sport and how that's going to affect us. Um, and, you know, we still have a lot of, a lot of time, of course, we're looking at, you know, eight months are out almost, uh, you know, nine months out of till, till spring. So hopefully that's not going to put a damper on our enthusiasm and momentum that we had obviously coming into 2020 that we were willing, you know, we were excited to have almost, you know, three leagues kicking off in that sense. Uh, we've obviously known about the WFA. We've known about the WNFC and what they're capable of doing. So um, just going to be one of those things that we have to kind of ponder about it, but we'll, hopefully it works out that way. Um, speaking of that, if you didn't get to watch it, um, it was born to play between the 2018 uh, champion Boston Renegades, and um, you can get to watch it right there on ESPN2. Um, there's also replays on ESPN+. Plus. You can get to watch it pretty much on any platform now or any carrier that you have. So if you haven't watched it, it's a really awesome documentary. Very Lieberman did an amazing job, and it features the 2018 uh, national champion, Boston Renegades of the Women's Football Alliance. So I encourage you to watch it. I've watched it more than 50 times. It is a very, very impactful uh, documentary-type movie, and it is probably the league of our own-type movie. So if you haven't watched it, I really encourage you to do it and um, you know, just take a gander at it. It's going to be a great movie. You're going to come away with a 
uh, kind of enlightenment of what happens when there are sport, the sacrifice that these players do to get uh, ready for the week um, besides work and being moms, dads, uh, all the stuff with the coaches, including coaches as well. So check it out. It's going to be a great um, opportunity um, to, um, you know, watch something that women's football is all about and what you don't normally don't get to see and what you normally get to see on an NFL scale. So it's kind of interesting, but born to play ESPN two. If you missed it, it was on July 26th, but you can get it pretty much on any carrier. Uh, you can go on ESPN plus if you have the app or if you have ESPN as well, you can get it there and uh, check it out. It's a really awesome documentary. Uh, we're going to go into the huddle right now on uh, sponsor at Zazzle.com. Like I said, Zazzle's have been a sponsor for almost uh, eight years. I check it out, 20% off sale, and tomorrow uh, at 7.29, and it ends at midnight Pacific Standard Time. Check it out, and uh, hopefully you get some stuff from us and help support the podcast as well, so bring awareness to women's American football. All right, let's go into the huddle, and we're going to be talking to the talented and LFL sensation Michelle Marshall, who's in the house right now. Michelle, how's it going? Hey there, it's going good. Nice to nice to talk to you. Uh, likewise, Michelle. Um, we had a lot of requests for you to come on, and I'm uh, glad that you can make the time for us. Uh, we have a lot of fans that love you out there. I had no idea I had so many fans, so that's pretty neat to hear. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, you got a lot of fans, young lady. Plenty of fans uh, internationally as well. Um, so that's good. Good news for you, right? Because that's that's what fans want to dive into, talented players. Um, Michelle, you're playing out in Texas, uh, still playing out there. Everybody uh, that we talked to was like, okay, what happened to Michelle Marshall in the LFL? But, you know, we got to tell them, hey, she's playing eight on, still playing balls out eight on eight uh, in the Icon Women's Football Association. Yeah, I've uh, I've definitely retired from my LFL days or what is now the X League, and uh, I'm I'm dedicating my time fully to eight man football, which uh, eight women football maybe, um, which I believe is uh, the future of the sport, uh, truthfully. And um, I I enjoy myself because I get to stay local, which is really nice. Um, yeah, I got to travel for quite some years and had my fun. Um, but uh, the IWFA is a growing league, and um, they're starting to actually have some exhibition games planning um, for the future to travel as well. Uh, we went down to Mexico last year and played an international game there. So I get my chance to travel too, um, but also be able to practice locally and um, with my, my family here in Texas. Michelle, how was that experience uh, in Mexico? I talked to Terrence. It was really awesome to have you guys go down there, and you guys are – you know, matching up with another a group of teams out there with X, I think FXL. Um, so, how was that experience out in Mexico? Oh, honestly, it was awesome. Um, speaking of fans, I mean, I that was kind of a, I was blown away because there were so many people that knew um, my name, Kendra Robinson, Leilani Lopez. Um, some of the, you know, the LFL players that, you know, we, we know we have our, our fans locally, I guess, you know, um, a few across the country and internationally, but in Mexico, we were just, you know, blown away um, by how many people um, really follow our career uh, in football. And um, they, they treated us so well, um, all the girls and, and 
the staff of that league um, were really hospitable. Um, they had a big, you know, turnout to, to the game and uh, really excited fans. And so it was really an amazing opportunity. I, I hope we are able to go again, honestly. Yeah, Terrence was uh, telling me that you guys were, you know, because of COVID, of course, but there was an opportunity where they were going to come to Texas to kind of have the same similar matchup that you guys had down there. So that would that that would be very exciting, especially for Austin, you know, for where you guys are at, the nucleus for the Icon Women's Football Association to be showcased, right? Right there, Austin being the centerpiece. Yeah, it it really is in Austin. Um, the owners live in Austin. Um, it's you know obviously the capital of Texas. Um, it's a central location um, for for a lot of the teams that are in the league, but also for where they intend to expand to um, potentially uh, Houston in the future and and Dallas maybe um, and maybe into Louisiana um, or Oklahoma. Just you know going more north and and potentially east. And so uh, Austin is a really good um, nucleus to to kind of have a a core group that lead lead the league. And there's great venues in, in Austin. Um, and uh, it's also a short travel, definitely, for, for the people down in Mexico, um, for the fans that, that potentially want to come up from the Valley or from Mexico to come watch a game in Austin that's not that far. Um, and we would love to host, um, honestly, a, a, another international game. Um, I think they still have the intention to come at one point in time, maybe after COVID's over. So um, we look forward to that, yeah. Michelle, your success. Um, I posted that one photo that you posted on your uh, on your page. And I, after I posted it, everybody was messaging me and like, how many titles, you know, cause you got, you're kissing like every trophy and it's like <laughs> what, seven years running. And people were just like, what, what, what happened? Where did she win all these titles? You know, so everybody's like, just, wow. Yeah. I, it's kind of crazy. You know, I look back, there's like kind of a running joke with some people, you know, you're on Michelle's team. Uh, you're going to win a ring. Uh, you're going to win a trophy. And, you know, at this point, I would say that's probably a true statement. <laughs> um, I've gotten lucky, though. I've gotten very lucky. You know, I started my career um, with a team down in San Antonio, Texas, and um, it's by a coach named Gibby Alvarado, who internationally or, or even nationally is not a well-known coach, but in Texas is, is the most dominant um, known coach uh, in Texas. Um, very, very bright guy. He coaches high school football um, uh, he, and he, he teaches uh, women really, you know, really in-depth uh, second and third level type thinking. And so I got that experience early on, and we won uh, three championships with that team. And then I moved to Austin, and uh, luckily I was able to <laughs> kind of build a, a franchise in Austin, help build that franchise in Austin, and now um, bring some of those girls that were a part of that program that I won those three championships with. And so it's just continued on, and you know, I'm kind of crossing my fingers I get another one uh, in August. Um, we're, we're undefeated right now, my Ravens team. Um, but yeah, I think that'll be I think number nine or ten or something like that. So I'm I'm definitely blessed. I think it's probably a very rare thing and probably uh, quite a bit lucky. Michelle, uh, you got grand. If you got grandkids coming, man, when they turn a the page, they're gonna say your grandma was awesome. You know what I mean? It's like they're gonna be just looking back <laughs> on that history book and this is what look at, look what grandma did, right? I mean, it's just an outstanding career you had so far that to look back on it, it's going to be just an awe. Oh, yeah, thanks. I I think about that from time to time, and I think, you know, am I going to continue 
Um, am I going to coach? Um, you know, there's been some talks of, you know, that I should coach when I'm done. And I, I might, but I think about that all the time, you know, my, what will my kids say and what will my grandkids say? And uh, it, it is quite a legacy. I, I, I'm really excited. I'm, I, I'm happy that I've, um, you know, not only at college days, and, uh, but then, you know, expanded it and actually tried to play tackle football um, and then to win so many championships and then go into the LFL. Um, that was, you know, in and of itself, um, you know, a crazy experience. Um, so I have a lot of memories that I'm very thankful I'll be able to share with them. Michelle, um, your LFL time uh, was very impactful. If you talk to, like, you know, a lot of fans that were in that time frame where you were playing, um, very an ele- very electric, uh, electrifying player that you were um, in that league. And just to make the impact in the short term uh, and then put yourself in Lalani in the same situation right if this was a different type of ownership or if everything would have been different in a lot of ways um i think you know players like yourself and former players like liz gorman gaxiola and all the other players i most fans would have think this this would have been a changed game in a bigger scale i mean maybe we would have been in a at a WNBA scale at this point now where maybe the opportunity would have been there for the players to get paid but we already know the mud all that other stuff but just just the, the fact that you can look back and go you're on so many highlight reels and the um, the amount of you know impactful plays that you made in that league uh it stands out like myself and all these other fans uh that you know we have, we have so much gratitude for you for what you did on the field and the athlete that you were on the field and always given 110%. We never saw anything less than that. So I mean just does that give you like I don't know, sense of like just joy at that at that point when you look at all those highlight reels that you do have in the LFL? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, when I when I first started playing football, I was just um in, in a little eight man league. Um, I think there were maybe six teams and uh it was the start of that league many years ago, to, you know, nine, ten years ago. And um we we didn't have highlight reels so much, you know, people had their little video videos on their phone, maybe from a distance, you know, with, with some really bad lighting, you know, and, and so I never really got to see myself actually play. And, um, you know, as the years went by, I, I knew that I, you know, I'd get four or five touchdowns a game. I knew that I maybe better than I thought I'd be at the sport, but I never really got to see highlight reels or anything like that of myself that you would see on the NFL, you know, and I, I am very, very grateful that when I went into the LFL, um, I by no means thought I was going to be a dominant player. Um, I knew I had a, you know, a good experience in, in the, the local leagues, um, you know, being able to score lots of touchdowns and have lots of touches of the ball. But um, when I joined the acoustic and I joined the LFL, I mean, I was literally told by the coaching, you might as well stop uh, trying to play offense because you're never going to touch the field on the offense. Um, you, you might as well just, you know, focus all your time on defense. And uh, it, it killed me. Um, really honestly and uh, you know they I was told that I was too slow I was told I was too small um I could never be a running back I was just not built like a running back I was not the type to bulldoze anybody I wasn't very useful um I was told a lot of things and so um when I finally got my chance at, at running back and um I was really you know the, the best at that point in time to, to run the ball I, I have the most veteran um to, to be able to have that kind of feel um, I, I was surprised because I, I did better, I think, than anybody thought. 
Um, and I got mm-hmm. to see highlight reels of, of myself. And I was surprised, mm-hmm. you know, it was the first time in my life I've been able to see highlight reels of myself. And so um, it, it was very, you know, worthwhile at that point to see that, you know, kind of prove the doubters wrong, you know, um, and even of my own coaching staff to, to, to be able to have them turn around that, that thought and say, okay, you know what, you, you can catch the ball, you can run the ball, and we have confidence in you to do so. Um, so it was a really neat experience, um, you know, feeling that, going into the league and, and being able to have those highlight reels is, is really, um, you know, something that I'll, I'll, I'll cherish for a really, really long time and, and knowing the history and the experience that I had with that. Michelle, um, I don't know about you, but we have a lot of film on you that, you know, a lot of people will just turn around and they go, you know, your route running is so crisp, so crisp. You're almost, I mean, it's almost like timing. I mean, you to say yourself, the timing there, um, it just so looks, it just, I mean, I don't know if you practice, even when you're not doing anything else, just practicing, practicing, but it just looks so crisp. So, I mean, uh, on film (laughs) itself, it makes it easy. I know it's not easy, but you make it seem easy, in other words. Well, no, I appreciate that. Um, I've always said that I think soccer players uh, have an easier way for whatever reason to run routes. Um, I don't know if it's, you know, giving jab steps. I think it has something to do with, you know, the feeling of that. And so it came to me really easily um, from the get-go. I was just a natural route runner. Um, It was uh, catching the ball with my hands that I had issues with always. Uh, when I first started, I always wanted to basket toss, you know, everything, um, mm-hmm. catch it with my with my chest or catch it with my stomach. And, you know, typical types of things that girls maybe experience when they first start playing. And uh, so I had to work on my hands my first couple years in the game. Um, but my route running, for whatever reason, was always um, pretty easy for me. And uh, it, it's as I've grown older and had different coaching, uh, my, my coach now, uh, Matt Washington, um, who luckily I had on the acoustic, he was my wide receiver coach there and has followed uh, me, you know, Ravens legends and Ravens even currently. Um, and he, he played in the NFL um, for a brief point in time. Mm-hmm. And he's, I'm lucky because he not only teaches us how to run a route that, you know, how it looks in a book. Um, he teaches us how to run a route according to how the defense lines up. Um, according to who's next to you, if you have, if you're coordinating a route with someone else, um, that's why you see so many highlight reels of Leilani Lopez and and Cassandra Bills and myself um, back in those LFL days because we used to work well with each other, and that's you know right. really second and third level you know type of. Uh, thinking and so I I was extremely lucky Leilani and Sandra we were all very lucky that we we got that extra step that honestly many 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 women football players never have the chance to get um you they have a lot of male coaches honestly that either one were not wide receivers to the NFL level that had to learn 250 routes combinations and and all of which for their for their you know craft but um also, they may, those coaches may just not think that they're able to get to that second and third level. Let's just get to the first level, you know, run the route right, you know, on, on the first level. So I was lucky enough to kind of to get that. And I, I really hope that that trickles down and that really becomes more prevalent, you know, in the years to come as the sport develops, because um, that, that's part of the reason that I'm able to, to kind of to have success and look back at my career and know that, you know, I've, I have a good, you know, ability to run routes. Michelle, um, your departing uh, at this point, was it more so not aligned with ownership at this point or just you've decided that 
you know, you were doing other things in your life and you just, just want to come back to Texas and just play local ball or what was maybe a decision that made that or what was maybe a decision that made that change? Um, quite honestly, it was a culmination of a few things. Um, I, um, I had many girls in the league. Um, I think it, we were ending kind of our, our dominant years in the league. You, you saw um, a lot of it, people leave past year. And um, I know that the, the X League is obviously trying to focus on all rookies and um, sharing a bunch of videos that, of people that, you know, are not relevant. Um, but it, it's kind of losing track of the fact that vast majority of the veteran players in the LFL left. Um, and are no longer playing. And that's honestly slightly because of age. You have a lot of girls that are upwards into their 30s um, that are thinking about children at this point, you know, um, mm-hmm. starting families. Um, they they don't want to be traveling all over the place. They don't want to be going to practices every single weekend in another state maybe, you know. Um, priorities are changing. So that's part of it. Um, it, it also part of it is, is the ownership. Um, you know, I, I, I don't like the, the direction that the LFL has started to go over these past years and now the X league um you know i applaud them that they're going back towards the shorts um for the uniforms i think that that's a step in the right direction um but um there's still a lot of the same things that unless you've been around the league for many years you see the same patterns um fans don't particularly pick up on them um players do and players really get annoyed with a lot of the things that the league does um, that just takes away from the actual reality of the effort and the game that the girls put. Um, there's there's a lot of behind-the-scenes things that you experience when you're in the league that you just don't appreciate um, over the years, and um, it culminates. Um, and, and so it's partly um, due to the ownership, um, and it's partly due to the fact that, you know, I felt my home was the Austin Acoustic, and um, I had a, a really bad situation happen, a, you know, uh, our team split up and there's a lot of things that, that happened internal in that organization two years ago, two seasons ago. Um, and, and I had to leave, um, along with many others. Um, I went to, uh, Atlanta and I had a good time playing in Atlanta, but, um, to be completely honest, my home was always Austin. Um, I helped mm-hmm. start that franchise. Um, and so I, you know, I was homesick, um, I, I didn't like having to board a plane and go to Atlanta every single weekend. And while I appreciated my experience there, it was just, I looked at my career and I said, you know, I have the most fun playing with people I consider my family local. Um, and, you know, I can slow down. I don't, you know, board a plane every single weekend. Um, and, and I can still enjoy myself. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy I made that decision because, um, you know, the LFL is not even playing right now. Um, meanwhile, I'm actually having games every weekend. Um, and I'm still having a blast. I mean, Tisha Winfrey is still my quarterback. Um, Leilani Lopez is still my, you know, my receiver. I look at her out on the outside. She winks at me. I'm in the slot, and we get to run routes together, you know. Um, and so I still have a blast because I'm playing with the people that I love to play with. All right. Um, Michelle, this, this first this weekend, this past weekend, um, we talked about it last week. 84 to 8, that's just like a spanking. Do you even not show up or, or just overpowered? <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, whoa. And saw the, saw some of the highlight videos as well. And um, I don't know about you, but uh, Hurricane Hannah was down south, but maybe it was in Austin. You know what I mean? Because this day was just – it was just it's a bad outcome. But you know what? You guys have played some awesome ball throughout your uh, existence in terms of, like you said, legends in Austin. 
the chemistry is just so good. And I think that's just what show, you know, showcased on that week because we were just in awe, 84 to 8. That's almost like as bad as that 103 to 0, you know, Seattle beatdown of the Denver Dream. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, sometimes that happens when, you know, indoor football, it's much easier to run, you know, run up the score than it is on the outdoor fields for whatever reason. Um, turf gives, gives you an extra bit of speed. Um, but, you know, turnovers are, are seem, to, seem to, you know, fuel that in some circumstances. And that's what happened in that game. Um, there were, I think, a few turnovers from that team. And we would catch them, you know, fourth and out. And, and there we are maybe on the 20-yard line. And it's an easy score for us, you know. So um, it just kind of all of a sudden you see the the, the score just go up and up and up. Um, but we we were lucky that we had um, a lot of dominant players there at that game. Um, we had few injuries, um, and and so we were able to to really showcase what we could do in that game. And uh, there was a little fuel to the fire. We there was some smack talking on social media about clipping the Ravens' wings and all kinds. Of, so it, I think it fueled the fire a little bit for for everybody to, to want to show out. And uh, unfortunately we, we, we did. Wow. I know we were shocked. We talked about it last week and we were thinking uh, coastal Ben was going to come in this weekend, which I was uh, misinformed because it's supposed to be this weekend, which is the legacy taken on um, coastal Ben. So I will have to say to coastal Ben, kind of a mirror image with Gibby and uh, legacy coming in this weekend. So, you know, beware and be ready. I guess if you want to say that clearly, um, <laughs> but o- overall, I think it was a great matchup, a good good outing for you, um, Michelle. Any injuries during your LFL days that you like want to disclose at this point, or were you pretty much injury free the whole time, or? No, I. You know, a lot of people in my that look back to my LFL career, they remember kind of like the miracle, the Austin miracle. Mm-hmm. You know, the catch at the very end of the game, fourth, you know, fourth and eleven. I think it was what it was with eight seconds left in the game, and I, I scored the game winner against Atlanta. A lot of people remember that, and, and they might remember the, the catch where I, um, the game winning catch against LA. That was the very next game. Um, mm-hmm. And the year that the first year that Austin went to the championship against the Bliss, um, my last year playing for Austin, a lot of people remember the, that season for whatever reason. Um, and uh, that's ironically the season that I battled injury. Um, I very first, you know, I think it was two weeks before our first game against Nashville. I unfortunately, um, I got a, well, a bone bruise um, in my ankle in practice. It hyperextended pretty bad, and I was limping, um, but I, I taped up my ankle for the the practice before our first game. And sure enough, I um, actually ran into a coach, ironically, on a post route. Neither of us saw each other, and I ran into one of our uh, coaches like a brick wall, <laughs> and uh, and I messed, messed up my knee. I, I had a slight tear um, in my PCL. And so um, that was a tough because it was on my, it was on my same leg. And so um, I put on a knee brace and I taped my ankle and I actually played in Nashville. I was lucky enough to get a touchdown that game. And I just, you know, I, it was hard for me. It was devastating because I, I saw myself as kind of the last few years been the dominant running back, or at least, you know, being in, in the mix um, to all of a sudden kind of being told, you know, we don't have so much confidence in you. Um, you might be towards your end of your days. Um, and, uh, it was devastating to me. And so I, I kind of just said, 
okay, I need to find a way for people to gain confidence in me again. You know, I don't care what I have mm-hmm. to do. Um, I'm going to go to rehab every day. Uh, you know, I, 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 and I did, um, I went through some vigorous rehab, um, and it was, I believe two or three weeks later, um, that they, we needed to throw the ball against Atlanta. And so I went into the game. I hadn't been into that game that where I went, had that game when I hadn't been in the game, the majority of the game, um, people don't remember that. And Rachel Washington, who was another running back who had done really well that game. And, um, and I had just not been in the game and I, I wasn't able to, I was probably at 80%. Um, but luckily they, um, I went in the game and you can kind of see it, you know, I have, I kind of, you know, bobble, um, my, my leg a little bit when I catch the ball. And it's just I, so ironic that I ended up getting a game winner that game. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that whole season, I was, I was really battling those injuries, but um, it ended up being one of my favorite seasons, which is, is kind of weird. Yeah. And the reason I bring it up is because a lot of, a lot of people don't realize all that, right. They just assume you show up on game day. It's like second like NFL player, right? No big deal. You're showing up. There you go. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of things behind the scenes that people said. Average fans, like you said, don't realize what it takes to get onto, you, on, onto the stage where you were at at this point. Um, the, the ICON Women's Football Association, is, is, this, is this as good, if not better, than the LFL? Because I've seen a lot of video. Rod sent me a lot of video. And, man, you guys can ball. All of you ladies out there can ball. Even, even, the, you know, even the, the ladies on the teams that obviously aren't victorious. There's just a lot of talented players in Texas. I will not disagree with you on that. There's a lot, a lot of talent in Texas. And, um, you know, the IWFA is, is unique, uh, a unique league because, um, you know, people like myself and Cassandra Bills and Leilani Lopez and Tisha Winfrey and, um, you know, Kendra Robinson, a lot of these names, we, we came from this league. Um, that's where we learned to play football, you know, um, before mm-hmm. our LFL days. Um, we played in Texas and we played under, you know, Friday night lights and um, it, before we even walked into an LFL stadium. Um, and, and that's where we learned to play ball and that's where we continue to develop ourselves um, with, with some of the best coaches I've ever had. Um, and, and so the IWFA is definitely something that's growing and it's bringing talent, not just from eight man leagues, but seven man leagues and from 11 man leagues, um, Dallas elite, we've got girls from Dallas elite from the Houston, uh, Houston energy. Um, so we're bringing talent from all over the state, um, to come play eight man football. So it, it's, it's pretty cool. And the talent is, is really strong. Um, and it's just growing and growing and growing, um, as these dominant franchises, uh, keep, um, you know, attracting talent, um, it demands for the other teams to, you know, uh, up their level of talent as well and to recruit more and more. So uh, the IWFA is definitely, uh, we're very lucky, the people that are in Texas, to have such a league that just within Texas has such a competitive, um, you know, league to be a part of um, every week, you know, and never never get bored. So it's, it's definitely up and coming. Um, I'll say the LFL is probably a little bit faster, um, but that just comes with the fact that there's some bigger girls um, in the IWFA. But with that, I mean, there's some harder hits for sure. So um, it's kind of a give and take with that. Michelle, are you thinking of that, uh, that next level for you? It's like, I know you got other, obviously, goals in life besides football, I'm assuming. Uh, Are you thinking about that thought that you had earlier that you said maybe coaching, maybe even uh, ownership of, of the franchise and just guiding the franchise? 
at this point. Um, you know, the outlet there for obviously the younger girls coming up. I mean, we have te- the Texas girls um, youth football league that's being started down, down South in Houston by uh, lower Cantu. Um, you know, there's a lot, just a lot of things that are kind of growing in terms of women's football in a sense. So you feel like you're still going to be part of it, whether you're not on the field or not at this point. Yeah, I do. I have a feeling that I'll be a part of it for, for quite some time. Um, whether it's, you know, helping to coach, um, you know, eight man football and what I'm currently playing in the league, um, or if it is coaching kids, um, I, I definitely know of the league you're speaking of. I think it's amazing. Um, they're starting to gain traction um, for mm-hmm. Houston, and, and they definitely have plans for expansion. And um, I've already – I've talked uh, – Skylar Shell is, is a, part, a part of that, um, that startup, and she's actually a Ravens player. And so I've talked to her um, quite a bit about potentially – uh, starting, you know, a team in Austin and having that travel. So once they um, solidify themselves in Houston, I think that there's definitely plans for potential expansion um, for Austin or Dallas or surrounding areas. And uh, and I hope to be a part of that definitely for, for the younger groups. And um, I, I imagine as I get older and I can't play anymore, I say I'm going to play until I can't anymore. So we'll see. I, I might be trekking along for a few more years. Uh, but uh, I definitely plan on, on coaching at some point, whether youth or, or women's football leader. Well, I can tell you right now, you, you get a couple little groupies, you know, 13, 14, 15-year-olds, um, you know, they're probably going to know who you are. That's going to be such an awe for them, too, to kind of get to meet somebody that is such a talented athlete that you have been. So a, a lot of players in that sense, you know, really uh, will have admiration basically for you. Well, that's really neat to hear. I, I would love to be able to pass on all the things I've learned um, to the next generation. I, you know, as um, we get rookies in, it's one of my favorite things to, to teach girls. Um, there's a different way of teaching women. I, I really, truly feel that way um, than, than men. And um, those that recognize that are able to kind of get the point across easier and always explain the why. Women always want to want to know the why and what they're doing, and that helps them understand their role and remember it so that they're very loyal to that role. Um, if, if it's route combinations, understanding what the other person next to them is doing and why they're doing that. Um, and it's, uh, it's neat to see the change that way. Um, and so I, I really look forward to it, um, to impacting the next generation, because I know that I already love working with rookies a lot. Michelle, are you going to go to college? College flag's available, NIA, NAIA now. I don't know if everybody else is thinking, hey, I'll quit here and i got to go college and go play for college in Texas and get a scholarship and free ride and, you know, maybe go pro and flag or something because I, I got a lot of girls telling me this. like, man, maybe I should do it because I'm still a little young. Uh, do you, that cross your mind yet? No, I'm, I think I'm too no. old for that, honestly. I, You know, I got too many gray hairs for that. Well, and I, you know, I don't know if there's any, I have my doctorate, so they, they might shy me away, like, what are you doing in college again? So, <laughs> um, but I I honestly think that it's awesome. And I, I mean, that's been all over social media, and I hope people will continue to share it because, I mean, it's hopefully going to blow up, and it's going to turn into something else, you know, in, in five years and then something else in ten years. And, you know, it's neat to see these things, you know, trickle down. Ten years ago when I started playing, you know, mm-hmm. we didn't have 
any of the opportunities that we, we have now um, in terms of flag football, especially um, even, you know, having the ability to have five man teams and win money um, with women, there wasn't a possibility like that a few years ago. Um, so it's, it's fascinating to see how flag has, has grown. Um, and I really do hope it trickles into tackle as well. And it's just a snowball effect. Michelle, uh, I always ask everybody, uh, how would you like to be remembered? Your, your, your career's done. Maybe you're on the sidelines. Maybe you're just an owner. But as a player, how would you like to be, you know, have fans remember you? Uh, I think I would like fans to remember me um, as a, the underdog. You know, I, I've always been the, the small player. Um, like I said in my story that – uh, I was a player that coaches said, stop trying, <laughs> don't, you're never going to play offense. Um, and I, you know, hundreds of touchdowns later, I didn't listen to them, you know, and, and I, I hope that motivates, you know, someone out there. I hope uh, fans can relate to that, um, that I, I am truly a five foot two, 130 pound um, little slot receiver running back that was never meant to play offense. Um, so uh, I hope fans can remember, remember that. And um, I, I hope from, you know, from players too, that, that they remember me as a good teammate. Um, it's kind of a, you know, around here that everybody calls me mama Marshall. Uh, because mm-hmm. I, I help with the t-shirts, you know, I help with, uh, with everything, with mm-hmm. travel, whatever girls need and teaching the rookies working with people a place to stay you know whatever it may be so um that's the kind of legacy that i hope i leave uh that i was just a good teammate to people well michelle i have a lot of gratitude for you because you've helped us uh to bring awareness as well you're you were willing to do uh you know for us as well and uh i just think you know you're an amazing woman very talented uh not just athletic but you know with mind body and spirit um, I've had like a lot of players never said anything negative about you or anything like that. They've always been very positive and your drive, you know, you're just, the drive is there. You always have that 110, you know, volume. And, uh, I think, you know, leadership with the, with the Ravens, uh, the, the, the amount of production on the field. I mean, all of that, I think it's reflective of what you, uh, what you are as an individual too, just the, the hard working, as you were saying before, how you're able to just, you know, take the naysayers and go, Hey, let me show you what I'm able and capable of doing. So I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. Michelle, um, where do you, where do you see the future going here before I let you go? Do you feel like, uh, you know, this is, it's, I guess we're living in a woman's world. That's what my mom said. We're finally living in a woman's <laughs> world and it feels awkward because I was the, you know, we were like two boys in a house with, you know, three women and aunt and everybody else. But when you boil down to it, yeah, I guess we are women and we are living in a women's world, right? I mean, it is a movement now to the point, not just in general, but in sports itself now, we really have that momentum. I mean, we were anticipating, you know, besides this COVID, we were anticipating in the spring to it was going to blow up, right? 11-man, 8-man, whatever style of play you're going to play, it was going to be this epic summer and, and you know, from spring to summer, and then here we get this bummer virus. But um, I think 2021 is going to be one of those changeover momentums, right? We might just recover at that point, and we'll see, like, this huge wave of the sport just being front and center with everybody. Um, I don't know if you got to see the documentary, the the, the uh, Born to Play documentary that was done on the uh, WFA Boston, Boston Renegades, but 
I mean, one of probably one of the best movies I've ever seen in terms of just spotlighting women's football. Um, do you see like this is, in other words, do you see the wave continuing in other words? Yeah, I definitely do. I, I think that, you know, just, you know, the being added to the world games for flag football, women's flag football and AIA, like we talked about, um, these things will, I, I truly believe continue to be a trickle effect. Um, I mean, the, the WFLA um, is starting to have momentum. I, I really, truly hope that that turns into something for all these players um, that are really depending and hoping for, for that league to, to make it. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, the, the Alliance um, are, have continued to go strong for, I don't know how many years now, um, sponsored by Adidas. And, and so there's, there's quite, uh, quite, quite many leagues that are out there and, you know, being showcased on ESPN, um, Boston Renegades, you know, really a great showcase. I, I did watch it and um, have so much respect um, for, for how they compose themselves. And um, I think they showcase the, the reality of what many, many teams across the country do on a daily basis. Um, so little things like that being, you know, being shown on ESPN, um, you know, people like Katie Sowers who, you know, five years ago was coaching uh, little kids, uh, you know, basketball and got noticed by, um, you know, coach from the Kansas city chiefs um, and said, Hey, you looking for an opportunity ended up giving her, um, you know, a chance to, to coach in the NFL and look where she is now. Um, little things like that are, I think, are going to continue to happen for more and more and more people in the next five and ten years. We've already seen coaches increase. You know, Jen Walter was maybe the first, and all of a sudden there's 10 and 15 and 20 women's coaches out there um, in the NFL and, and in positions on staff. Um, so I do think it's, it's just the start to a really big wave that we're going to see in these next five to ten years. Michelle, I really appreciate you making the time. I know you're busy and you got a lot of things going on and uh, really appreciate you coming in and uh, giving us your thoughts on your career, giving us your thoughts on the sport as, as a movement, as it's going forward. Um, so I, I appreciate you making the time. I know you're, you've been busy almost, almost every week. <laughs> you're busy, especially with that right now with the, with the season and everything that's happening. Um, so we don't anticipate the Ravens to lose anytime soon. Uh, from what I gather at this point. So I'm assuming you'll be kissing another trophy. Plan. That is the plan. We'll see. <laughs> I still have to go through the legacy, who is uh, my my old team with Gibby Alvarado, and uh, they've, they've blown out teams um, in their own respect this season. So uh, that is going to be quite a championship game uh, at the end of August. Uh, but if all goes to plan, I will be kissing another trophy. All right. I really appreciate you coming on. I thank you. Uh, like I said, um, you've been awesome and uh, continue to be the great athlete that you are and the, and the amazing woman that you are. So really appreciate you making the time day for me. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate you having me always. Thanks for the opportunity. All right, Michelle, thank you. Have a great night, safe travels, stay safe with COVID and uh, looking forward to another chat in the future and see, see how this whole 2020 goes behind us, hopefully at some point. Yeah, same to you. Stay stay healthy and safe and hopefully we'll talk we'll talk again soon. Thanks. Have a great night. You too. Bye-bye. All right, guys, that was the amazing and talented um former LFL Austin Acoustic Sensation and that would be the Michelle Marshall.
probably one of the elite players in arena football in terms of the state, the biggest stage, which is uh, Legends Football League. And if you go back to YouTube, get our highlight reels. Um, I mean, they're just they're amazing. So you can't say anything bad about her. She's just a talented baller, kick-ass baller, badass. Uh, a lot of words you can describe on her, but um, she is the cream of the crop, elite into the game. And like she said, you know what? Not the biggest, but she she wants to put in the work, and she did, and she showcased it right there. And she, she knows she's the awesome uh, player that she is. So uh, thank you for her to making the time to us. I know she's really busy, and she's coming on here as well. So from one legendary player to an international legendary superstar, and we're going to go into the second huddle, and we're going to be talking to uh, the talented UK Dukes uh, founder as well and uh, Great Britain national IFAB uh, champion as well with the uh, Birmingham Lions, and that would be the talented Phoebe Sketcher. How are you doing, Phoebe? I'm very well, thanks. How are you? I'm very well. I see you're traveling again, and you're in the States, so I just thought I'd get you in here to kind of give us some insight. Yeah, absolutely. I, I uh, decided to come over here for a couple months, basically. Um, so, no, it's been terrific, and I've even been able to get some football in. So it's been great. Thank you. Phoebe, uh, let's kick it off right away. So um, Duke, uh, UK Dukes, right? Now we got a project going. You got Wilson football. Um, it's sort of – is this kind of like one of these uh, awareness projects, or how did this come about in terms of this this project you guys are working on? Yeah, so basically what we've done is we've written a children's book, so kind of for like elementary age children, but it's all about introducing flag football as a sport. Um, and it was really important for us to have a female lead. So we've got Eden and the Dukes, our, our book name, and it's really exciting because we've been able to translate it into seven different languages, all through reaching out to our football family globally. Um, you know, so really, I guess, just thankful to all the people out there that have, that have really bought in on this project and dedicated time and effort to it. Um, and I think, you know, Wilson saw what we were doing. They'd kind of, they've been following us for a bit and we've worked with them previously with, with the NFL UK and they just loved what we were doing. It really speaks to them in terms of the values and the message that they want to get across. So yeah, they've been, they've been terrific. They've been supporting us throughout this and uh, it should be going live. The book should be totally done. Um, just in time for the NFL season, should that everything go to plan. So about early September. Is it going to be on every platform, like digital, Amazon? Are you guys mm-hmm. pulling it out on, on all the available platforms pretty much? Yeah, definitely. Um, we want to make sure that, you know, anyone can really access it. We also want to make sure that we can use it, whether in schools to teach languages. So we've also got a school program where essentially we – teach the teachers how to deliver flag football. So it's something that we'll give to them as well, just to get, just to get the idea of flag football out there more. Um, you know, obviously listening to your call before and, and you guys kind of started touching on everything with the world games, having flag football involved. You know, I think there's just so many more opportunities for people around the globe to, to be involved in this incredible sport. And we want to make sure that we can get the message out about it and, and give everyone equal opportunity. 
Uh, Phoebe, was this started uh, a year ago, two years ago? Were you brainstorming this, or is this a collaboration with other folks to to bring this yeah. kind of, uh, you know, this you know, basically an awareness book of the sport? Um, to be honest, it's something that we've talked about for a little bit. Um, truthfully, we've been working on a a book that I'd kind of been writing just personally on my own, and we've been speaking with a publisher and actually something that she was the one that pointed out to us, you know, there's such a big gap in the market for strong female lead books. Um, mm-hmm. And my colleague who helped write the book, Kenny Bello, you know, we were looking into how many, um, like, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on the word, how many black authors there are that actually write books. And it was something like only 5% of authors out there, are are black and which is just crazy for us because really he's the creative mind behind this. I knew that I wanted a a strong female lead and and we've kind of done it mm-hmm. as a reflection of his daughter um, and the experiences that she may have and you know I think the way that American football is viewed outside of the U.S. is very different. You know, and for us, you usually are playing on an old rugby field or. You know, you're just in a park. We don't really have 3G turf, amazing facilities, as I know everyone in the U.S. doesn't have, but it's, it's all about perception, isn't it? So we wanted to make a, a book that had this really strong female lead and also showcase the sport being played on little playgrounds or with real backgrounds from across Europe. So the kids could really imagine themselves partaking in this sport. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a really positive project because – if you have Wilson behind it, then you have a little bit of funding there coming as well for support, which is usually the thing that lacks to kind of put out a book and get it to a lot of hands. So it's a great news for you. And were you guys doing any type of fundraising for the book still, or do you have some sort of links that fans can maybe yeah. if they want to donate or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we do have a GoFundMe page, and if you just type in the UK Jukes, uh, that's where you can really find it. I mean, really the thing that costs the most for this book, which is always a good learning curve is how much our illustrator is. And it's because he's absolutely worth it. You know, he does a, an amazing mm-hmm. job for us. He's drawn our cartoon figures of ourselves from a few years back. And we knew that he was the right guy for the job. Um, and it's, you know, that's really what the money goes towards. So, you know, we're more than happy to, to raise the funds for such a incredible artist. Well, if, uh, if you guys follow Phoebe uh, on Instagram, you guys can follow her on Facebook. Um, so you, And then, obviously, the UK Dukes, right? It's at, at UK Dukes on Instagram, mm-hmm. if I'm correct? Exactly. All right. So you go to UK Dukes. should be the link in the bio, or you can actually get information yep. there as well. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Phoebe, um, what's going on with fall? Are you just enjoying it, just trying to hang out, just – avoiding this whole thing so hopefully you don't catch it i hope you haven't caught it or anything because everybody's everybody that i know hasn't had any type of symptoms no. or anything like that which is a blessing exactly exactly no i've been very lucky um even with traveling over here um it's been fine um i've been very obviously wearing wearing a mask being very cautious whilst i've been over here but i've still been able to get in some football which has been great so from a playing perspective playing some flag football learning some new formats of the game and, and just meeting people from within the flag football community. Um, recently I've taken on uh, as one of the ambassadors for NFL flag, which is, you know, been really exciting for me. And it's 
something that I know all of us females that are that are ambassadors now, we just really want to try and make as big of an impact as possible. Um, and just seeing what people need and, you know, mine's probably more of an international role than anything else, but being over in the States and trying to learn from as many people over here is, is always exciting and something that I try and stay on top of. So, you know, even this weekend going down to, to Philly to help, you know, and be around flag football, but a youth tournament. So meeting some of the younger generation who potentially could be playing in the world games or could be playing the Olympics and, eight years time. So it's just exciting. And, you know, the, the football community is, is such a unique one. And, and I mean, everyone is just so passionate about what they do. So I just love being around that energy. Are we going to see you uh, in the NFL stages at this point? Like, like Callie and Jennifer and Katie, are you going to pursue that route there? Are you, are you changing gears somewhere else at this point? Um, so last year I kind of changed gears a little bit, but to be honest, it's, uh, it's more so, you know, this year's probably a tricky one just with everything mm-hmm. going on and so much uncertainty. And um, I'm sure a lot of you have heard about the tiered system that's going in, but it's definitely something I'm actively looking, you know, and kind of reaching out to people about for next year and, and just getting back into it. You know, I'm sure any of those, those um, ladies will tell you, when you're a part of a team, I mean, obviously at any level, but especially at the elite level, there's no greater feeling than being part of something that's, that's bigger than yourself. And mm-hmm. that was definitely something I missed last season a lot. You know, it was terrific to watch the guys on Sundays, but there's no real replacement for that environment. And, and a place like Buffalo that genuinely makes you just want to be better every single day, not just for yourself, but, for your team. Um, and that's something I, I greatly missed last season. So it's something I'm going to be actively looking to get back into. Um, you know, I've been staying on top of my coaching over in the UK. So it's been, it's been really exciting because I've been able to work with our national program, um, with our under 19s and our students. And, you know, also obviously with everything going on with flag, trying to some more um, and, and traveling to Europe and doing camps and clinics across Europe. So, you know, it's not for a lack of football by any means. Um, you know, we've also got our NFL Academy that's based in London. Uh, and that's something, you know, that's kind of been my uh, project that I've been involved with for quite some time and, and really passionate about. So, you know, there's definitely a lot going on and, and it seems to just be growing and growing, which is so exciting. You know, it's it's definitely an incredible sport that's so inclusive and it, it really speaks to people from so many different backgrounds. Phoebe, uh, Russell taking over NFL flag, really a transition change, I think, in a lot of ways. If you followed the, you know, the before it was kind of like league-driven, just for like spectacle, I guess, if you want to call it that. But now that Russell mm-hmm. has really taken the wing out of it, it's really just, you know, it's evolving into a different type of, um, I guess, st- stages, right? Or we're taking it to different levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, really growing the sport in that sense. Um, on a youth level, it, it was always a youth level mentality, but now we have interest um, states, for example. Some of the states are actually advocating to get, you know, girls flag football, uh, no different than the boys, to try to get that gap uh, for the girls. So when they hit, you know, the high school level, they're going to have an outlet there. And then obviously college, NIAA uh, just started the, the college swing of it. 
So that little gap that we were missing, uh, not necessarily just on the tackle side, but on the flag side, uh, now it's starting to kind of like bridging the gap and the opportunities are just going to be a little easier to, for girls to really say, okay, I don't, I don't, I don't need to play basketball or, or soccer or anything like that. Right. I can play flag if I want to. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's been great to have Russell on board and I know he loves coming over to the UK. We've worked with him a few times over there. So I think he sees the big picture and he's, you know, got this vision. I think it definitely helps when, um, you know, with the world games, with the Olympics, it, it kind of, you know, you see what the end goal is really for what you want. Now it's just putting in those steps in place to build to that uh, time frame. So, you know, I think that's been helpful as well. Izel Reese, who's running, who runs reigning champs, who's taking over NFL flag. You know, he's somebody who is, is a Buffalo bill, which I love obviously. Um, but he, he gets it. He sees that big picture and sees, you know, this game has to be about, we, we can't just be saying it's inclusive. We have to actually be an inclusive sport. And, and if we're missing out on a complete whole gender, that's not exactly being inclusive. So right. with the NAI, that's, brilliant you know we've got some incredible coaches getting involved we've got some awesome players being scouted and now kind of filling in those gaps so there's places in you know atlanta tampa bay texas that have high school football but like you're saying we're just trying to fill in those gaps and make sure there is there there are continued opportunities and there's exit strategies for girls who get involved in the sport i think the great thing about it is like uh angelica grayson was here like a couple podcasts ago the great thing about it is uh, when you actually recruit somebody and go, you can get a right on a scholarship to college, and a lot of people are like, what? What are you talking about? That's crazy. It's never, it's never been done, right? And now she's like, yeah, you can, I can get you a scholarship, right? Uh, which to a lot of parents is probably what? Is this a joke, right? Because <laughs> you <laughs> don't have a scholarship right on flag football, right? And, certain, and now we do. So I guess that's a yeah. good, a good uh, turnaround. Yeah, massively. I mean, I remember when it came out that they were offering this. I've had a bunch of, you know, foreign women reach out to me saying, literally can, you know, how do I get involved? Girls from Sweden, from Finland, Mm -hmm. uh, from Denmark. I mean, that's so exciting. And I think we'll definitely start seeing more recruitment from across, you know, overseas because flag football is also a sport that's been played over there for years and years. It's almost been more popular in a lot of ways. Um, you know, with our with the Danish team um, and Austrian team always mm-hmm. being really successful within our European championship. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of, of talent out there. And now it's just kind of being able to show the world all, all of this talent. Phoebe, uh, where do you see yourself? Uh, a lot of people, you know, for your point of view is you're driving all these things. And, I mean, all the gratitude that we have for you because of all the laboring that you're doing and stuff. But you, you see this just, a, it's got to give you a smile. In other words, that's what I'm trying to get at. The fact that we are, you know, building something magical in a way because we're going to get opportunity in high school, we're going to get a college opportunity. And then we got the international games if they come to be with just the Olympics in certain years. Um, I mean, it's, it's just it's so exciting. Now, not just so much, so much on the tackle because the tackle has done a lot in terms of growth and everything. But on the like to your point, flag has been in place for a long, long time in uh, in almost every country. Yeah, absolutely, and it's just so exciting. Like you're saying, just to be able to 
all this hard work that goes on behind the scenes. You know, we always talk about that iceberg kind of image. There's a lot mm-hmm. going on behind the scenes by people across the globe. So, you know, these these big wins are exciting for us and things that, you know, we do need to celebrate because a lot of times us in football, and I'm sure you'll be the same way, you achieve something and you're like, okay, great, we did that, what's next? But sometimes it's really good just to, like, take in a moment and think, you know, actually – this is a really exciting moment for us, and, and not just for us, for, for everyone, hopefully. Um, and we're going to hopefully continue to, to build on that. I mean, even for, you know, we're talking flag, but also for NFL Academy, hopefully being able to get a female involved in that and then get them over in the States, you know, and perhaps get scholarships. If you can, if you can get an education while playing a sport that you absolutely love, it doesn't get much better than that. Uh, and if you can give people opportunities, that's, that's really what this is all about. And as we all know, I mean, there's no sport like football to help build character and, and really shape who you are as a person. Um, and then on at the end of that kind of road, kind of like you uh, and Michelle were talking about earlier, well, now what? Now what's our exit strategy for people? Do they want to be coaches? Do they want to be officials? Do they want to be statisticians? You know, let's make sure that we've got, we've got roles for people who love this sport don't know how to be involved, but actually here, this is what you can take on, or this is what you can can take on because this next generation that's coming through, we're going to have so much experience, which is so exciting for us. You know, I, I hope that they excel past all of us because they're young and creative and, and just grew up with this sport, which is, you know, something I think we all wish we could have. I, I get chills in the fact that we've come so far, um, you know, 10 years ago to now and, you know, when you start checking off boxes as an example, you know, the, the, the what ifs, right? We, everybody mm-hmm. wrote something down on a notepad. What if we could do this, right? And all of a sudden now we're, we're checking off some of those boxes, which is really exciting. Definitely. And it, it's, you know, the key to it, people like yourselves um, and consistency, you know, we, we all know it's not easy and, there's a lot of not glamorous bits to everything that we all do, but it, it takes more than just a few people. It takes all these people involved in the sport that are trying to pull in the same direction uh, to be able to create something like this. So, yeah, you know, maybe we, are, we, we get the sport in the Olympics, but that is due to years and years of thousands of people doing everything they can to help grow that. So, you know, really it's a big thank you to everyone who, who volunteers their mm-hmm. time or – you know, sacrifices, whatever it may be to, to get the sport to grow. So it's really, it's a big thank you to all of you. Um, Phoebe, what's, what's the uh, UK scene at this point? I know BAFA's growing a lot of interest in terms of the tackle side too. Um, and then you guys going to Vancouver, you know, and really putting on a, a good showing in Vancouver. And you, and you guys have always put a good showing at the Euro championships. So um, the state of, women's tackle in UK at this point. Yeah. So um, obviously with, with uh, COVID, I think it's kind of affected everyone, but, you know, we were lucky to have our European championships uh, last year based in England, which was, you know, exciting for all of us to have our fans and our, our family there. Um, But it's something that people are really passionate about. There's a lot of opportunity either playing abroad in Europe. Um, I know there's obviously the, the WFLA. Uh, I think we've got six girls that have signed with the Phoenix Red Tails. So, again, I'm really hopeful that that's a league that goes forward. Um, 
but people love the sport. And the more that, you know, we can get the NFL talking about the sport, the more opportunities that there are, you know, this is just going to keep growing. So everyone's doing whatever they can. There's been so many more online clinics, which has been terrific for us to learn. I think that was probably the biggest, probably the biggest gap with, within American football for us. I think it's females specifically. And I know even Michelle's commented on it before is there seems to, you know, women want to know why, but there's I think because we're trying to do so much so quickly, there seems to be this big gap in a lot mm-hmm. of fundamental knowledge or scheme knowledge, whatever that may be. And actually COVID has been a really great opportunity for us to try and start filling in those gaps. Um, we're going to also be getting, uh, I think they're going to be looking for a new head coach for us, which, you know, could be a whole new look for the GB women. So we're not sure what that would look like. Um, Jim Messenger has been our head coach for, Gosh, going mm-hmm. seven years, I to say. So, and he was a big part of growing and developing the sport in the UK, especially for women. So, you know, there's a lot of changes that are going to happen, but we also have a lot of incredible athletes. You know, we probably had the biggest O-line at the European Championships. And, you know, although it was a tournament style, even, even though we've beat Finland, I think we all feel quite confident with where we are and know – and even more so confident in regarding where we need to get to, um, which is, you know, for us, a really good thing. I can't, I can't complain about that too much. <laughs> no, and the good showing in Vancouver was great because you, had, you saw Australia there, Mexico, yourselves. Um, it really was exciting, you know, to see that whole, not just Canada and U.S. and, you know, Finland as an example, three new other teams that showed up on the, on the, on the international stage, which was really exciting to see. Uh, and then the potential, I mean, New Mexico coming out to win the bronze, that was just a huge elevation where it tells you that every other team can probably accomplish that. And, and then taking on you, you know, the U S team initially and really fighting through for about two quarters. That was really awesome to see too. So um, what do you say about, um, uh, UK Dukes that the fans need to dive into coming up here in the next, maybe in, in a couple months here. Are we, besides the book, right, anything else that we should be made aware of? Um, it's definitely more probably UK based at the moment, but we're okay. you know, starting to get more tournaments and leagues going. Um, we're probably, well, again, hoping that the the borders open up a bit more. Um, right. I know that, uh, I know that Kenny, my, my colleague, would have loved to be over in the U.S. and getting more involved with flag, but uh, <laughs> Trump doesn't, doesn't really want him over any, like, anybody who's not a U.S. citizen flying in at the moment. So, you know, hopefully that will, that will change and we'll be able to do a bit more with that. But, you know, really for us, it's just trying to get as many people involved in the sport uh, wherever they are in the world. Uh, and then we'll be back over here in January, which, you know, will be a whole month of football. So, we're really looking forward to that and, and learning more about the people and learning more about the different styles of football that are going on over here. Um, but yeah, so our, hopefully all the borders are opening up, but um, we're just excited to be around football, to be honest. Yeah. And this, this is kind of a bummer year. It's been kind of a downer in some ways in terms of just the sporting scene. We have no idea what the NFL is going to do at this point. Uh, still up in the air. Uh, we had some players opting out as we got news today. So, uh, yeah. I mean, just reality is what it is, right? It's like we really would like to have sport back, but you know, there's a lot more 
bigger things in football at stake at this point. So I'm glad that you're doing well and that you're, you know, obviously COVID free as they say, and uh, you're having a good time in the States. Yeah, definitely. No, I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. So I'm excited to, you know, keep being involved and, and, and being able to kind of grow my role with NFL flag and, and Dukes. And, you know, I feel like I'm wearing a lot of hats, but it's an exciting time. Definitely. Well, Phoebe, thank you for making the time. I know you're busy and all that, and I really do appreciate you coming on and kind of give us the insights on not just uh, the UK Dukes, but the flag uh, is, you know, insights as well, plus the state of the game in the UK, which we really appreciate. No, no problem. And thank you so much for having me. I appreciate all that, that you're doing for the sport and how you are supporting all the, the females out there. Thank you, Phoebe. I appreciate it. Safe travels if you're heading back. Otherwise, uh, enjoy your your good stay here in the States. Thank you so much. Take care. I appreciate it. Bye. Have a great night. You too. Bye. Bye. All right. So that was Phoebe sister. She was uh, talking about UK Dukes and how it's growing and how they're having the book. Um, and it's going to come out. We're going to link it up on our, uh, at the hub. You can also go to at UK Dukes on Instagram and you can get the uh, links there as well for the fundraising, which they're doing. And we are going to basically kind of follow her and see what comes about in terms of the NFL flag scene as she's excited about going forward in the future. So, uh, but, you know, awesome interviews today. We had Michelle Marshall earlier, and then obviously Phoebe Sketcher was international superstar and out of the NFL realms, the Buffalo Bills. So really appreciate both of them making the time today on our podcast. They're very, very busy all the time, so... Uh, let's bring in our insider, ex-league insider, Nate Ward, uh, in the house right now. Nate, um, or the blacklisted Nate Ward, or the blocked Nate Ward. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yeah, thanks for welcoming me. Gee Louise. <laughs> You're too vocal, totally man. What are you field. doing, Nate? What are you doing, Nate? Criticizing again? I... I, I... I'm 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 waiting to see if I get a response. I I I emailed uh, I did the the thing through the contact on the website. I'm waiting to see if I get a response because I'm not entirely sure I did anything. <laughs> Always yeah. positive. Never never had a bad word. You know, defended. You know, when they've been dealing with the whole thing with the WFLA, I've defended them through and through. Been a proud supporter since the beginning. So I have no idea what happened. I just logged on the other day and. Gone. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, man. Maybe it's because you're on the podcast now and you're associated with me, so I'm really sorry for that. Hey, no worries. I'm proud to be a part of this crew. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you, uh, maybe it's just the day. Felt like, okay, I don't like this guy today. <laughs> they just blocked you. And, you know, maybe <laughs> next week you'll be unblocked. You'll be, you'll be surprised another week later you'll be unblocked. <laughs> I don't know. It could happen. Oh, no. Um, Nate, um, I don't, I, this, this, uh, X league chairman influencer, not doing very good for the image of the league. Uh, Mr. Mr. Ditka really, uh, his sentiment hasn't changed. So we shouldn't be surprised. Like I told, I've told people <laughs> during the week, we should not be surprised at his stance, right? He's a, you know, big flag guy. He wants, you know, supports the flag. You should, you know, stand up for the flag, right? All that. So there's no surprise there. Um, is it a bad PR move? Maybe. Uh, 
I'd say a little bit more than maybe. I, I'd say, you know, you're, you're trying to make an impression. You're trying to advance, as you said. And when you go out of your way to show, I mean, even if it's known, right out of the gate, the first thing that comes up after the announcement that you have become the chairman is you making a statement that you you are known for standing behind, but is not the best look for trying to impress as the chairman of a new league, trying to promote a new league. You know, I, I was absolutely flabbergasted when I started seeing the headlines pop up, and the, the first thought was, oh, crud, here we go. He's going to find himself in trouble. Oh, and, and what do you do if you're Mitchell? <laughs> How do you patch up this PR? <laughs> like, um, somebody messaged me earlier and said, we have two pigs <laughs> running this league. <laughs> Uh, so there's obviously negativity already, you know, plastered all, all over it. Because, I mean, you can't come out with a video, you know, on sweet level access, and then he's coming out where he's empowering women and, and he's for the women and everything else, and then all of a sudden he's like this negative on every other thing. I understand some people, hey, you, you have the right to kneel if you want. I mean, I, I'm a veteran. I'm, I'm not going to tell you to stand for the flag if you don't want to stand for the flag. I mean, I stand right. for the flag because I believe in and honor the flag. That's That was my stance, right? But if you don't want to stand right. for the flag, that's your choice. You have a choice. It's not a problem. And I don't know how the big deal is. It's not like it's they're not going to stand. Oh, what? They're going to be playing a, a play on the field, and they're just going to kneel and, and halt the play for kneeling. They're just not doing that. They're just expressing it at the beginning of the game or whatever. So you either you either right. have to toe the line as a chairman, you either have to accept and give options. So, you know, the NFL's done it, right? Um, major mm-hmm. League Baseball's done it. Um, every other major sports has done it. Where if the player wants to stand, they can stand. There's no forceful mandate that says you have to stand for the flag, in other words. So unless he makes a policy about it, which I don't believe there's any policy because I tried researching it, and I have not seen a policy where it says, you know, besides – uh, back in what 2016 or something, where one of the players, you know, uh, two of the players kneeled. Of course, it was uh, uh, Daniel Harvey and Sherry Waga. Um, right. At that point, the league physically came out and said, you know, we stand, we stand for the flag. Right. Remember the videos there mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. they did the wild clip and all that stuff. Um, but they haven't changed their stand. So, like I said, I'm not blown away at the fact that they're still with this motion. Yeah, I'm not, you know, it's funny because, I mean, I think the big picture here, I think the thing that people miss here is, okay, yes, it's during the anthem. We hear you on that. But it's not interfering with their job. It's not taking away from the game that you constantly say, oh, I watch the game to get away from things. Well, last I checked, they, you know, 90% of the time, 98% of the time, with the exception of the Super Bowl, don't show the anthem on television, for that matter. So unless you're in the stadium, I'm not sure how inconvenienced to you that they are, you know, they are showing respect for something that they firmly believe in. And it's their choice. It's their right. But it's not during the game. It's not interfering with the game that you love to watch. And, and I could say the same thing for, for fans of, of baseball, basketball, and anything in between. Because I see so many comments of people going, well, I'm done watching because they're kneeling or they're they're holding their fist up. Who cares? 
They're they're playing the game. They're doing their job. Leave them alone. Yeah, it's. I really when you boil it down to it, it's a non-factor. Like I said, it's really a choice by the individuals. Like Bingo. okay, we had um, uh, the Giants player. I can't remember his name. Player obviously said he cannot kneel because of religious reasons, right? So okay, so you, you just don't kneel, right? It's just, just the way it is. Sure. But you had other players kneel uh, because they were supportive with Black Lives Matter, right? For the social injustice reasons for it. So, uh, like I said, the X League has to kind of reevaluate themselves and figure out, you know, where they're going because between the two people that are leading this league, uh, I, the the future doesn't look very bright. And unless they shock us completely in 2021 for for whatever reason, um, it's just a black eye at this point for them now. I think it, it, it is a black eye for them at the moment. I think, though, looking at the two, I, and I think hearing what Mitch has said over the course, especially over the course of that first episode of Sweet Level Access, I think it's easier. I'm gonna I'm gonna play the age card here, folks. It's a lot easier for a guy of Mitch Mortaz's age to backpedal, to realize mistakes, apologize, and get it corrected, whereas. It's not as easy for an 81-year-old like Mike Ditka to do because heaven knows how soon or how long that mistake could hang around and how you know how short a time he has to correct it, and it may never be corrected because of his age. So the difference is going to be really this. This is my perspective on it. NFL Hall of Famer Mike Ditka, fantastic, but we have no representative you know, like a, a, a Gaxiola, a Gorman, or everybody else that could have taken that position, that could have done something in that nature. Then we could say, okay, mm-hmm. if the, uh, an individual like that spoke out the same way as Mike Ditka, then we could criticize and go, okay, well, then, she's, then she, or, she would not be, out, not, not be out for their sport, right? But this has never been right. really Mike Ditka's sport. You know, I'm talking about the arena game. So yeah. is there really any caring in it? Probably not. That's what I'm saying. It's like it, he would have thought twice about – doing what he's doing if he really understood, hey, okay, we got to get this up and up, up and uh, up the ground and up and running. But all of a sudden here we go, you know, with this stance. And then, uh, like I said, it's just a mess over there for some reason. I, I don't understand how you can get any worse. And they've just proved us wrong again. Once again, they're in the same boat again. And, oh, my God. Um, so, Nate, why don't we do uh, opting out? So a lot of the players are thinking about opting out in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, for good reasons, of course, because uh, there's concerns with uh, travel. There's concerns with things that are happening now in other sports, right? Baseball and NBA and all these other sports. Um, right. I mean, I think with the Marlins and baseball are canceling the whole season or whatever. They're canceling the season in general. Um, so a lot of the major sports maybe too early to open up, and maybe the NFL can take some – kind of awareness out of this and kind of maybe think twice about maybe opening up? Yeah, I think um, when I first heard about the, the, the whole thing with the Marlins, uh, it, it just I, – I think leagues tried too hard too soon. Uh, I mean, uh, I thought the, the MLS was a little too gung-ho with their, their tournament, um, you know, NBA, WNBA trying to seclude their teams in a central location. It doesn't matter where you go. There, there's a risk either way. And then 
I, I I had doubts that a 60-game season would even get off the ground as far as baseball is concerned, and yet here we are, and now look what's happened. So now the next thing on the list is football, and we have what? I mean, the most of the list is what? Key players, star players that are trying to avoid, you know, costing themselves valuable time and stepping away. That's that's not a good look at all. So why bother even trying to put on this? I mean, I know you've got other rosters, but if you don't have those players that are your, you know, so to speak, bread and butter of the league, the ones that bring in the people in the seats in the first place, what's the point? You're just risking more trouble when sports is already in trouble. Well, we have Madden uh, 21, right, or Madden 20 now, so that still passes by for four months, right? It could. I mean, it, it worked for the Indoor Football League and a couple of others. They did the video game stuff on YouTube. I don't see why it couldn't work for others. That's what I'm saying. It's like simulation sports. <laughs> we might have to resort to simulation I mean, NFL. What, ESPN, ESPN's big on the eSports wagon now, aren't they? Put that up on the network. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like we have to figure something else out um, in terms of, like, how is this going to, you know, be a benefit to everybody to watch and stuff. Um I just talked. I was talking earlier off air. You know, if college football goes to spring, man, is that going to just kind of put a hinder on in terms of the women's football, trying to get the you know facilities and trying to work all these things and trying to you know take it, it. Basically, it's not like we had. It's not like we have major fans. And if if college football does go to a March mentality or April or May or that kind of deal, I just I I, I just hope it's not going to get worse for us, you know, because we're just, we have so much momentum in this sport right now that it would be nice for them to just maybe take it off and just go into 2022 instead of 2021. And that, but I know, you know, it's a money trail, right? The, the college is going to have to make mm-hmm. it somewhere somehow. Oh, of course it's, I mean, it, it, this day and age, it's a business first and a sports second. And it's, it's a shame, but that's how it is going to happen do you think it's they're going to shift the spring at this point and that's it that that's my feeling that's my feeling if i if i'm if i'm seeing what is happening with another major sport regardless of the fact that people say that you know baseball's going by the wayside if i'm the nfl and i am seeing that this is happening right now with the mlb and they're trying their best to do damage control and it's not helping I'm pushing it out to spring, fine far, and and that is that's where my money's at. Is they're going to push it out to spring? Could we consider this just a lockout year, where if it would have been no different than if we had a CBA lockout and we're not going to have any games until we come into an agreement? I mean, that was the way I would treat it this year. Yeah, definitely. That's that's how I would treat it. Just treat it like a lockout. Yeah, uh, we got the salty one in the house. Uh, Mac is in the house. So, Mac, uh, yeah. players opting out, we're discussing it. We're thinking maybe, you know, we treat this as a lockout year, like if we would have had a battle with the CBA agreement. So, here's here's how I see everything, y'all. Like, I ain't going to call it a lockout year because in order for it to be like a complete lockout, there would have had to been like a, like a, a you know, a, a contractual disagreement of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess for the for the fact of just uh, 
uh, you know, coronavirus, COVID-19, all that stuff. Um, I guess you can consider it more of a physical lockout, more less than like a, mm-hmm. um, a contractual lockout, if that makes sense. Like, you know, players are given the option to, you know, take a lump sum and not play or play and still be able to earn, you know, their contractual number of salary based, you know, based on your sport entity, all that stuff. So, um, I think it's interesting, however, so, like, earlier we were at my job, we were talking about um, baseball and how, like, the uh, um, the Miami Marlins Tomorrow. have postponed, yeah, they, they've postponed their season until, or until, like, Sunday, or, you know, post-stop their game till Sunday, which, you know, messes up, like, three or four teams that they play in the upcoming days, um, so... You know, it's, and it's kind of just like how many more of these cases are we going to get that are going to be positive? You know, are they going to, like, really interfere with seasons before, you know, while they're started? Like, you know, baseball season just started three days ago, and we already have one team that's not playing now up until Sunday who's already started, you know, kind of thing. So it's just – it's it's kind of like a – what do you call it? Uh, like a perspective, I guess, if, if you will. Well, the one thing I'm saying is, like, it – is it the, you know if the other sports they can learn from right because these are live sports now we have NBA live now coming up here in a couple of days we're gonna we had like to Nate's point we had Major League Soccer live uh, we have you know MLB live now um, so there's opportunity for the NFL to kind of dive into that and figure out you know how they're gonna maneuver through it I guess if you want to call it that um, no fans in the stands I guessing that's not a big issue because. You're not going to have that risk factor there, but you still have the player risk factor, as we talked about with, you know, modified helmets and all these other things they're trying to work on. So uh, it looks like they, it, if they push it to spring, I doubt they're going to do it. I think they're just going to, they're going to try to keep it within the months that they normally play and just kind of say, okay, well, we just got through it and move on next year, you know. It gives us another eight months to figure things out. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of what it seems like the running theme is here, um, you know, in terms of what what seasons, which seasons are going to do what, and what sports are going to have a season. I mean, we can we can even take this a little bit further as far as like Olympic sports. You know, they've now you know the twenty twenty Olympics have had now had to push back a year um, because of all this, you know, all the pandemic and everything. So. You know, like I said, it's kind of it's kind of perspective and kind of not. It just depends on the sport and, um, and the type of athletic you're doing, I suppose, as far as like how it may or may not affect your season, if or even if you have a season, I guess rather. All right, Mac. Let's uh, let's do the quote on Twitter because everybody does quotes for Twitter. Uh, the idea of female inferiority purely disgusts me exclamation mark, hashtag genderless sports. So there you are, the Mackie T64. Who is that? I mean, it may or may not be the salty one speaking. Um, and <laughs> let me just let me just preface my comments by stating that, the, like, the idea of that quote that I had um, came about this past Sunday. I was playing – I play softball on Sundays with a group of my best friends, and we were talking mm-hmm. about how, like, the slow pitch, you know, how the slow pitch rules are literally hindering women in terms of ball size, in terms of some of the rules. And it's just, it's it's a mess as far as the short-term 
the short term idea of it is so I said so where 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 I didn't understand what you know what these rules is is, is why is it that so there's a rule that if there's two outs and a guy's up to bat and he walks the girl the the female player can either take second or if they're on second they can go home and I for the life of me couldn't quite figure out. I still can't quite figure out what the hell that even what what is the basis of that rule? Like I don't like why and why is it not you know why is it not the same rule but flip flops? Like why is it not you know if a female walks how come a dude can't do that? You know kind of thing. I mean y'all know how I roll. Like I I for the most part I try my best to keep it equal on both sides. Like well if it's this way here it should be this way over here regardless of anatomy regardless of you know physically what a man and woman looks like, all that stuff. I'm just strictly talking about, like, equality and rules in general. So then I think I think some of you guys saw my Facebook status. So I made a Facebook status on Monday, and I said, you know, where does this, you know, why is it that women are always, are, are always having to be the ones to keep up with men? How come men are never the ones that have to keep up with women? And it, it sparked, like, this huge, like, debate, like, yeah, thread. And and I posted the same question in some of my some of my sports groups and like people were just like, Oh like and I said, You guys didn't read the question. The question said regardless of anatomy. Like you literally could have a professional co ed sports league with men and women playing the same damn sport. Like that's a thing and I don't think people will quite understand that. If you were like, Oh, there's no way the closest thing that it would be would be would be softball and baseball. I said you really could do it with football too. Like as long as you have eleven people, you may you may even have to drop it to a ten man, a ten you know ten man tackle or bump it up to a twelve man tackle. You know have extra safety alignment, whatever have you, to make it equal equal amounts of sexes on both sides. Like it really wouldn't be that hard of a thing. Uh, so and that's really just where that came from. It's just like why do we why are we constantly living in a world where it's just like women are always having to keep up with men? Like hello, there's I know there's they're like and I know I'm not any special, any different, but I'm also not an average female. So when I think about stuff like this, I'm just like I I know dudes that can't keep up with me. I hell I do a lot. Like I know there's dudes, there's plenty of dudes out there that can't keep up with me. I also know I'm not, you know, the quickest and I'm not like the most well, I can't really say I'm not agile because that's a lie, but, like, you know, I'm not the most physically built specimen, but, you know, and when you break it down in, like, genders and everything, I really kind of am as far as when you look at, like, what an, you know, quote-unquote average female looks like or weighs or whatever have you. Well, I mean, the the attitude is always going to be, like, a divide, right, instead of saying, okay, how can we just work it out, right? You have co-ed. Sports. So if anybody says there's no co-ed sports, flag football is a co-ed sport, as an example, right? So you have females right. and, and males mm-hmm. playing football. You have basketball, co-ed basketball. I played co-ed basketball uh, at the YMCA with, you know, women and myself and everybody else, and we had, you know, three guys in, three girls in, and we played basketball and against other teams. So there is opportunity for, for that. So that just – I guess it's baseless in a way. Argument would be, oh, well, women can't play basketball or, you know, whatever sport. They can. There's probably limitations with certain sports if you start to get into, like, uh, certain aspects of it. But reality is that isn't really the case because 
the bottom line is, is once you put a squad together, it's not going to really matter if, if there's three females or three males, because at the end of the day, you're only out, you're out just to win and the focus will be winning. So you take away the complete gender once you sit on the field. So I don't know why, you know, you even go that route. Right. Well, and, and that's what, I, that's really, like I said, that's really where that, that quote it came, you know, and sure. like the whole entire debate itself came from was just like, like we like my best friend, you know, my my best friend and I, her and I were having a conversation, and like you know, the rest of the group of friends, you know, all started chiming in a little bit. We were just like talking about how you know crappy like the rules were, like mm-hmm. like some of the slow pitch rules. We were just like, this is, you know, extremely, you know, stupid. Well, like I said, so like, and I'll even read you my, you know, my. Status. So I said, Mac Chuck, Monday morning topic. Um, why is it that women are always having to, having to keep up with men? How come we never hear it as an opposition? Um, you know, and then I put my hashtag, and then people were commenting and um, you know making a thread about it. So I mean, it, it sparked a good a good debate, but in in the same aspect, the whole unfortunately the whole you know gender bias in sports is always going to be there because I also think it's partly a um, like a societal view of things, you know, like yeah. oh women are seen women are seen as feeble and inferior. First of all, who the hell is looking at me as feeble and inferior? Like I said, granted, I'm not, you know, not all women are like me, and I'm not like all other women. But I wish somebody would right. tell me I was inferior to somebody. I'll punch you in your face. What are you talking about inferior to nobody? Uh, I don't, know. I don't no? know if anybody wants to meet you in a dark alley. And then they wake up and go, "Ew, I just got beat up by a chick." <laughs> reality. Well, and, and, and it ain't even that. It's like, I'm just and, saying. The, and that's the other thing, right? You know, like with your karate and everything. Like, it, right. Well, and it, people are just have this strange mindset these days. It's just like, oh, you know, I got beat by a girl, or how about I got yeah. beat by an athlete who's better than me? Like, there why does it go. have to be there a gender, or, or why does it have to be, or why does it have to be like? Oh, she's a chick. She just you know, beat the crap out of this dude that's bigger than her. Or how about because I'm a better athlete than that dude? Hey, like why does Mac, it have to be so gender? Just you know. I was yeah. in high school. I was in high school, and her name was Valerie. And she, <laughs> uh, I was in my locker, and this girl, this girl threw a punch with an anger state, and uh, I didn't know how to react to that, but I took the punch. <laughs> I'm like, no, never mess with, never mess with Valerie ever again. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think that's with Valerie, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't know what yeah. you don't know what they're capable or anybody's capable of when you set them up on a stage where they're like, you know, they get aggression going, and it doesn't matter the gender at that point because we all have the adrenaline that flows through us. So I don't know why they come up with that. But um, let's go to Finland. Finland's a great spot. And it's a great weekend in Finland, and we had awesome action. And uh, uh, Mackenzie, you uh, you said uh, the Wolverines are going to kick ass, and thirty-seven to zero is pretty kick ass. Sixteen to zero at halftime. <laughs> See, look, I, look, I tell you, the, the past three years I've been right. I've been, I've, I have not missed a beat with them. Every game that I've predicted, they literally have either one or one big. I'm look, I'm on the roll, and I'm, I'm hot. You can't really stop me at this point. All right, so um, we got some we got some highlights uh, in terms of print and everything else. So uh, first quarter, right off the bat, four four plays, ninety six yards on the board, six zero. 
uh, a Martola 87-yard run with the extra kick. Then at 5.50 in the first quarter, Kessinen, 25-yard pass from um, Kosen MP. And then we get two plays, 50 yards, another score. Uh, Second quarter at 2.47, Wolverine safety. So they punch in the two points before the half. And then in the third quarter, 4.10 remaining, Valamac, 13-yard pass from Kosinen once again, and the extra kick, eight plays, 56 yards, and it only took three minutes and 31 seconds to score. So um, I'm assuming West Coast needs to go back and review some tape. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I hate to be the captain obvious here, but it may or may not hurt a little bit to just go back and review some tape before the next matchup. I'm just saying, Nate, what do you think? Yeah, <laughs> I would agree. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just the way the, the way it was. And then Turku against the Saint Trojans, 41-6, to Mac. Uh, Leah Kozla from the Indy Crash, former Indy Crash, uh, at this point up in uh, Turku, and they do the same thing. Uh, they started off pretty competitive game at the beginning, um, it wasn't too too bad, and then uh, the Trojans run away with you know fourteen zero in the third, fourteen zero in the in the fourth. Um, first quarter, the Saints come out and just punch it in, so they get a six zero lead, which is good for them, kind of confidence there. And then after that, Turku in the second quarter, JJ Siles fifteen yard pass from Hakarinian, and we got thirteen to six going on the board there. Three plays, fifty three yards. Then uh, in the third quarter, once again. Sailor's J, 24-yard pass from, once again, Hakakonian, the quarterback, five plays, 54 yards, 20-6 uh, to six the score here. Uh, the end result is 41-6. to six. It is going to be week one, 1-0, Helsinki, Turku 1-0, Saints 0-1, West Coast 0-1. And it looks to me like this weekend, coming up here uh, August 1st, uh, we get to see that, Mac, we get to see who will be top dog. It's Wolverines, Trojans. So this is going to be good. Well, it's going to be the Wolverines. I've been telling you that. I was right last year and a year before that. I'm, I'm going for, you know, three in a row here. So we got Trojans, Wolverines, Nate. This is going to be a clash. Uh, early season, week two, who stays undefeated is really the what, what's on the line. Oof! How do you pick? I mean, especially early in this this season. I wow, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. I, I'm I'm gonna put my money on the Trojans. I really am. Okay, you got Trojans, Mac. I, are you taking? Are you staying with your Wolverines? Week two win Absolutely. here. Absolutely, absolutely. I can't. I can't stray from them. And we have the talented Janika Nikander on our gallery, and that girl's blown up almost 400 likes at the Gridiron Beauties Instagram page. So, Janika, if you're listening, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, uh, Mac, Division One in Finland. Let's go there quickly. Uh, McKelly Bouncers, the champions, open the season here against the uh, uh, Sena uh, Yoku Crocodiles, 36-12. to 12. Uh, they were leading 8-6, to six, really tough matchup in the early going. Then the uh, Olu Northern Lights 
We're taking on the Kotkoka uh, Eagles, uh, 22 to 14. The Eagles win. Uh, really tough battle. Also 14 to six at halftime. Then we had the Hamanalina Tigers versus the Wolverine uh, second squad, which is the Blue Squad, and they get wiped out 51 to zero. So um, at this point, the Tigers very impressive in Week One. Uh, the champions, McKaylee Bouncers, also very impressive in Week One. So. Um, here's the week two slate Eagles taking on the bouncers. So Eagles coming off that 24 to 14 and then the bouncers 36 to 12. So this could be a good uh, matchup to um, keep an eye on for next Tuesday when we talk about it. Oh, for sure. It, it, this the entire series of games and, and matchups for this weekend is going to be lit. It's going to be crazy. I know Nate's going to be glued to his computer too. Oh, by and far, I'm, you know, it, it, it's one of those times where since there's not really much else going on, I'm very giddy, I'm very excited, and, yeah, I'll be glued to it. All right, guys, um, if, if, you, if these fans have not gone to the Hub, I don't know what else do we have to say, but just go to the Hub. Yeah, come on. Because you're going to get Division One results, you're going to get Maple League results, right, IWFA icon results at the Hub. The fact, look, I mean – we go through this every week, y'all. Like, the numbers should be skyrocketed at this point as far as hub views and, and clicks. I mean, I'm willing to step it up. Like, the hub is where everything is at. And we're having a sale, right, Oscar? We're having a 20% off sale, Mac, uh, at the Nojo Football Shop. Ends tomorrow. So all it is is an easy click, right? Go to the shop, choose your favorite, click out, and you're good to go. Right, Nate? That's right. Pretty easy to do. Um, Pretty simple. Mac, Mac, what do you think? Um, what do we have going on here? NFL season or not before we get out of here? Because obviously with the opt-out, so you still think we have a season, right? Yeah, I think we have a season for football. It's going to be – I think it's going to be a um, – I think it's going to be a – I hate to use the word watered down, but – it essentially that's what it's going to be because there's not going to be any fans in the stands. Uh, you know, it just there's going to be football. We're going to be able to see it on TV, but it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be what we're used to. No, for sure. Nate, you you're on the same consensus. I think we'll have like something, but it's not going to be like the normal hype that we've had before. Uh, you know, well, thinking back to what I said. Earlier on, you know, I, I am kind of in that same page. I think we'll get something, but I just – I almost want to say I feel like it will end up maybe like the MLB is right now where something will pop up. I could be yeah. wrong, and I would love to be wrong and have a full season, but. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. I, I And that's our worry right now. It's like will they learn from – we don't even know what the NBA is going to happen, right? The NBA kicks off this week. We'll see if what comes about with them too because – they're a different animals in itself in terms of visibility. So we'll see how they, you know, deal with any COVID situations as well. So uh, we have the talented Michelle Marshall in the first hour, uh, LFL sensation and IWFA complete icon because she's won like almost nine championships in the Icon Women's Football Association. And I was telling her, you know, every photo that she had on her on her post and in her Facebook, there's one photo where she's got like nine kissing nine trophies. This girl's just 
this girl championship form. <laughs> just n- doesn't know how to lose, I guess. Just big time, big time baller. And then we had Phoebe Sketcher coming in here talking about UK Dukes plus uh, NFL flag, and then the uh, BAFA Women's State of the UK in terms of women's tackle football. So uh, big show today. It was awesome to have everybody here and you know talk about everything football in, in general. So Mac, uh, anything before we get out of here? Uh, I would like to give a huge shout-out to uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's a partial owner of the Kansas City Royals now. Oh, I Did y'all see that? I thought shout-out because you, you still you got a crush on him. But okay, we'll give him that. I mean, no. You know, he's got nice hair. I like his hair. <laughs> no. Um, but, no, I mean, I think that's cool. Like, there, I think there needs to be more, like, sure. in, and not even well-known athletes, but just more athletes in general – as far as, like, on a bigger spectrum, you know, that, that invest in each other. Like, Patrick Mahomes, you know, becoming, a you know, a part owner of the Royals is, I think, phenomenal because he's investing in his fellow athletes. Sure. I mean, that's a good sign for the community because he obviously continues to play, which he will for a couple seasons there. It does make sense to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, co, uh, co-own, as they say, and collaborate within the city since he lives there already. So, uh, Nate, any final thoughts before we get out of here? I got nothing, just, you know, onward, upward, and let's see uh, Let's see where things end up. A lot of exciting stuff coming up, and uh, just, you know, we just keep on plugging, keep on supporting, and t- people, go to the Hub. If you're not going to the Hub, I, I, I don't know what your problem is, but go to the Hub, check things out, check out the merchandise, keep in touch, and we'll just keep on pushing what we do, and if you're along for the ride, good. If you, eh, well, you know. Oh, they're along for the ride because they got to do that. Um, if you're on Spotify, Apple, okay, Spotify, Apple, and iHeart, thank you very much for subscribing to us, listening to Mac weekly, bi-weekly, on your time, whenever you want. It's right there. So there's no excuses for replays. Just go ahead and check it, check it out. Um, if you missed Born to Play, it was on uh, basically ESPN2. You can still catch it on your favorite carrier. So take a look at it, Born to Play, awesome movie. Uh, you'll be enlightened about women's tackle football. So for Mackenzie Brooks, Nate Ward, the absent Holly Custis, and thank you to Michelle Marshall and Phoebe Sister for coming in today. We'll catch you here in, for 3.32. Have a great night, everybody. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.